Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Good evening, Lewis. How are you? I'm very well, Daniel. How are you? Um, I'm really good. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've been following my mushroom saga on Twitter, but I'm in alternative accommodation. Uh, Absolutely. I'm in a a hotel. It's the most interesting reason that a human is a hotel in the last 12 months. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm not in quarantine. I'm I'm being quarantined away from my own house, which is currently being under quarantine. (laughs) I think, tell the full story. It's insane. You're you're being attacked by a fungus. Yeah, so, you know, there were March rains. We're suffering La La Nina here in in Australia. There were lots of, there was lots of rain in March. And a week, it kind of, the rain went for about six or seven days. It didn't hold up at all. And then two days after that, I got a strange finger poking through the ceiling of my house in my bedroom, followed by another strange finger, these black fingers creeping through the ceiling. And I was freaked out. I took these photos. They were dripping. They were mushy. (laughs) And it was disgusting. And then the next morning I woke up and they turned into mushrooms. Mushrooms were growing out of my ceiling. And then two days after, after I got rid of them, I was like, luckily I had some spare masks around, Lewis, because of the pandemic. (laughs) Donned some masks and some gloves, got rid of the mushrooms. Then two days later, I had more fingers poking their way through the ceiling. Then two days after that, I had another set of fingers poking their way through the ceiling. And it, it, I, anyway, I just couldn't, I couldn't bear being in there any, any longer. And thankfully, uh, the landlord is sorting it out. And hopefully there's no more aliens creeping out of my ceiling. Yeah. The best thing about it is because your house is in Sydney, it's still worth $5 million. <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> yeah, and if I, if I wanted to buy the house, I'd, I wouldn't be even be able to buy this fungus-ridden house. <laughs> well, no, the, the real estate agent would, um, would add the fungus as a bonus. It would be, you know, there's, there's three bedrooms, two bathrooms, a parking spot, and this beautiful fungus, very unique to the area. Uh, it's already paying rent. People in my people in my neighbourhood pay good money to go to <laughs> breakfast to have fungus like that on their <laughs> plates. Um, speaking of people who pay good money, Lewis, our Patreon supporters, big thank you to Georgia A. Pete Lawler is back on the Patreon. Thank you, Pete. David George. Kasia Zanotta has joined us. Also, some guy called Rod the Badger Matthews is now a uh, supporter on our Patreon. A cousin of the honey badger? <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know. Big, big thank you to Rod the Badger Matthews. Now, we've got some live shows coming up. We're doing two big shows in climate vulnerable areas, uh, one about energy transition in Newcastle on June the 5th, which is going to be great. Uh, we've got Kirsten Drysdale for that, James Pender from Sammy J. Uh, Lewis, you're doing it. And also we've got uh, Georgia Woods from Lock the Gate is joining us on stage as well for that. That's June 5th in Newcastle at the Playhouse. Tickets for that go on sale on Monday. June 13th, we're going to Bega to do jokes about bushfires and resilience and grief. Um, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. One of our guests. And cheese. Oh, and cheese. Hopefully cheese, you mm. know. Uh, the le- Bega, Australia's least problematic cheese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabby Bolt is joining us there. Dylan Bain is also joining us uh, on both those shows as well. Um, he's uh, from News Fighters. They're joining us tonight on this podcast. And also one more show to announce. We are pulling together a gigantic panel of Sydney's favourite satirists and we're going to be arguing that satire is more important than journalism or not at the Judith Nielsen Foundation at their brand new building in Sydney on June 24th. Now, that is a free show. All the information will be in the show notes. Uh, If you're in Sydney in June 24th, do come along to that. That one's got uh, people like Alex Lee, uh, Mark Humphreys, the well-known satirist Lewis Hobber, uh, (laughs) and Walkley Award winner Kathy Wilcox, as well as uh, Alice Fraser from The Bugle as well. That's huge. Huge, huge show. Uh, now, I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal Land of the Urination. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 40. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, Australia gets its own space force. Scott Morrison saying he's keen to find out new locations of Australian war crimes before Four Corners does. And Tesla will no longer accept Bitcoin in exchange for cars due to the environmental impact and will only accept lithium from dictators of third world countries who promise to do empathy training. And Matt Damon does a live cross to television to the United States from a pokey's room in a pub in New South Wales and subsequently learns that Australians have a very different definition of what a VIP room is. It's the 14th of May 2021. And where was the relief package for podcasters in the budget, Mr. Speaker? This is a rational fear. A rational fear. Welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former SNL cast member and star of the upcoming comedy feature film High School High, Dan Illich. And this is Irrational Fear, the podcast that marinates in a hot tub of disaster because what else can you do? This is our budget special. Please, let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's the newest employee in the Chasers content minds. It's the musical queen of the Central West. It's Gabby Bolt. Hey! hey. <laughs> I like that. Welcome, Gabby. How has the chaser been for you as an employer so far? Are they treating you fine? Yeah, it's been great. Um, I've had to learn to not be scared in several situations very quickly, um, <laughs> which is yeah, it's, it's been yeah, but it's great. It's it's a job, so they're treating yeah. me great. A lot of people, a lot of people who work with the chasers say that yeah, it's a job. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, don't get me fired. If Charles watches this, I'm done. That's don't it. worry, we've all. No, we've all I've, I've don't worry, Gabby. So Gabby, far. we've all worked for the chaser at one point. It's fine. And he's the keeper <laughs> of Australia's wackiest political clips from Australian TV history, from the News Fighters podcast. It's comedy editor Dylan Bain. Hey, hello everyone. If I'm a little bit tired, I was up till 5am doing the covering the budget this week, so <laughs> I'm still recovering from 
budget night. And you can hear that all on your wonderful podcast, News Fighters. Did you find a particularly wacky clip out of the budget for this week's News Fighters? Oh, look, I I did find one that I think you'll be fond of, so stick around, we'll play it later on. Excellent. And finally, he's the busiest man in show business because of the cost cuts the ABC have got him hosting Drive on Triple J and Breakfast on Classic FM. It's Lewis Hover. <laughs> uh, it's been brutal, Dan. The, the news that uh, the ABC funding will be going down by another $10 million next year <laughs> after the uh, $100 million or so over the last decade. Unfortunately, Triple J is down to just a single J now. We've, uh, had, to hand them, had to hand them in. It's been very heartbreaking. This is our 2021 budget special. And, yes, uh, we're going to give you pretty lukewarm takes on the federal budget that was announced four days ago. Coming up a little later on in the podcast, we'll chat with friend of the show, Bryn O'Brien, from the Australasian Centre for Corporate Responsibility. We'll ask her just how much money was allocated in the budget to avoid the catastrophic climate change-related collapse of all living things in Australia. But first... Here's a message from this week's sponsor. Now at Harvey Norman, you can make huge savings if you're me, Jerry Harvey. We've made over $20 million from JobKeeper and have no interest. That's right, zero interest in paying it back anytime soon, even though our profits grew to 180% with sales of up to $5 billion as Aussies purchased our furniture, bedding, outdoor, computer and electrical products to soothe anxiety during a global pandemic and crippling recession that saw jobs get slashed and employment opportunities walk out the door, whereas other profitable businesses paid the cash back. Toyota paid cash back. Domino's paid cash back. Nick Scarley paid cash back. Just Jeans, JJ, Smiggle, Peter Alexander paid their JobKeeper cash back. And they didn't have to. They've gone completely mad. It's no wonder people are calling me a huge, huge, huge douchebag. Uh, it's budget time. It's all good. We you know we have to talk about money because it is the budget. Tonight, I uh, should also point out that we have a merch store. What a great opportunity. Uh, we've got a range of hoodies, T-shirts, stickers. Lewis, we've even got a pillow uh, that you can oh, scream yeah. into if things get bad. Uh, oh. So if you want to um, buy some stuff from a merch store, check out the link in the show notes. This week's first fear, move over United States. Australia is getting its own space force. Yes, not content with stopping the boats of undocumented aliens. Scott Morrison is going to try and stop extraterrestrial aliens. The space force announcement comes a week after the senior defence figure made a statement that the armed conflict with China was inevitable uh, when they they heard this, all 2.8 million members of the Chinese Defence Force laughed in perfect unison uh, <laughs> and then said about downloading the browser history of our parliamentarians. Fearmongers, do we need a space force? I feel like we I- just need to start fixing the problems that are here first, just <laughs> on this realm of Earth. I feel like there's a few things that the Liberal Party probably should address on Earth. Such small thinking, Gabby. Such small, oh. such, <laughs> such 2021 thinking. you go, you got to look into the future. We've got a bunch of submarines that can't stay down. If they're always going up, maybe yeah. just don't stop them at the surface and see if they'll keep on drifting up to the moon. We could just stick everybody in the current Parliament House in there too. <laughs> Chuck That's them interesting. Up. Move Canberra to a place with no roundabouts to the moon and see how they go. Question: It's always question time on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, uh, what's the Science Centre in Canberra? Questacon. Yeah. CSIRO? Yeah. No, yeah, Questacon? I don't yeah, know. I've only cool. been to Canberra once with Dan for a sketch and that, uh, I have very hazy memories. Yeah. Uh, Questacon, I'd love going to the moon, wouldn't they? Being on of the course, moon? 
Of course they would. But, you know, what, do, what, do, what does Australia need with a space force? We, I mean, we have, by definition, a lot of space. We are a continent. We've got space on the ground we could administer first. Look, I think, I think America's space force is just going so absolutely well at the moment. I watched Joe Biden's <laughs> speech to Congress. He, he, he almost mentioned it once, almost. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if, if it's going so well in America, surely we have to do it as well. But looking at the detail of this article, it's really interesting to see that Space Force is actually just going to administer space traffic over Australia as if that's something they can do because it's getting quite cluttered in space. They just need someone to go, uh, no, don't go that way, go this way. So, so they're just going to be like uh, the road services in New South Wales and just get yeah. a bunch of Irish backpackers to stand at the top with a, with a sign? The Irish, no, you can't go there, Satellite. <laughs> it's such a strange thing. Does it need to be a military sub kind of department? That sounds like something that the roads and roads and maritime could do, surely. Um, oh my god, <laughs> I would love to go down to like RACV or um, the RTA and just be like, oh, look, we've got a couple of problems. Obviously, I need a new license plate. My um, parking permits run out, and I really need my satellite to just zoom over the Nullarbor. <laughs> can I please get? Can I please get my space cadet license, please? <laughs> yeah, as someone who's just tried to get their car registration moved from Victoria to New South Wales, the idea that they could traffic a fucking satellite is so fucking insane. They don't know how to let a car go from Victoria to New South Wales. A land, tra- a land track. You know what I mean? And I'm not the first to do it. I'm not a pioneer. I'm not the first Victorian to move to New South Wales. What the fuck is going on, Lewis? You're confusing this podcast with Twitter. Uh, this is what Twitter's for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think I think it's good that the military are doing it. The less the RTA do, the fucking better. <laughs> well, I, it's it's kind of interesting. Like they would, the, the federal government is starting this, but they might end up shifting it to the state because that's what they always do. They always push all the most important things to the states. So soon there's going to be six space forces run by six different premiers all arguing which satellites should be flying over which state. Who's in charge of space quarantine? ScoMo will say it's the states. The states will say it's federal. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great, uh, great spot for Dan Andrews right now, though, if they did give him um, control. Imagine just floating around and recovering from your back injury in zero G. <laughs> Perfect. That is absolutely perfect. He could just absolutely relax up there. And then, dare I say, Steve Price will have a reason to complain. Where is is Dan Andrews, mate? He's in orbit. Forget it. Scott Morrison's in town. He's holding $5,000 a seat fundraisers. Elbows here with us at Labor Day. What a contrast. Don't we need... This is a rational fear. This week's second fear. In the budget, there was some plenty of money for broadcasters. SBS got an additional $29 million for their language services. I mean, they already make so many programs in all sorts of languages around the world. So now they're going to move into making um, speaker, making languages for speakers of Esperanto and Pig Latin, which is great. Uh, the other broadcaster, however, ABC, didn't get a cent. In fact, will suffer a shortfall of $10 million in operational funding. This is $10 million on top of the $100 million that's been cut from the ABC over the last 10 years. I've got some ideas. Uh, uh, Four Corners has one corner too many, to be honest. Uh, Mm. And surely you only need one banana in one set of pyjamas. And News 24 doesn't need to go 24 hours a day. Maybe they could go one hour on, one hour off or share with Sky News. You know, that's probably a way to really bring that fair and balanced angle to it. Fear mongers, what do you think 
can be done with the ABC? How, how can the ABC save money? I think, remember that uh, show that used to be on SBS after midnight, which was just fish in a jar? Do you guys remember the fish? If you got, if you got, it was like it, basically I, at midnight they just put a camera on a fish tank and that what? was it. Yeah. They just, it just ran as, and you just watched goldfish from like midnight to six. And apparently that is now the kind of behaviour that gets you jacked up $29 million. So if you wanted to downsize News 24 to like News 12, News 12, Fish 12. That's a great. That's a great idea. That's a really <laughs> good idea, uh, Gabby. As someone who makes content uh, for free for a Chinese multinational oh. company, um, <laughs> I don't have any opinion about money and arts. Yeah, I I do everything for nothing. I've accepted that I will be broke in the arts for the rest of my life. A bit of money is nice. Uh, if they wanted to swing some of that $10 million they're cutting from the ABC to my way, that'd be great. But I don't think they're going to uh, somehow. I feel. I do think that um, what, like, obviously the the budget so skewed uh, skewed so heavily to old people as it often does with the coalition. It's um, you know from franking credits to not caring about the future of the world. But um, I don't think they realize how old ABC viewers are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, these the are these are people with like the only people. Yeah, the only people who watch the ABC are the only people with franking credits. Surely, <laughs> yeah. surely, They're you know. Made- <laughs> If you want to give $17 billion to aged care, that's what the ABC is. The ABC <laughs> is a giant aged care facility. We so should cr- be getting some of that $18 billion. What are people? So, go, what are old people going to watch all day if there's no News 24? Where are they going to work? <laughs> Look, yeah, this exactly. This is per, yeah, it's from, from cradle to grave. You've got ABC Kids, which is what parents put yes. their kids in front of, and then you've got uh, no one watches the ABC from their 20s and 30s and 40s. And then for their well, 50s, I, mean, I would like to just put my hand up there and say... Triple J is a wonderful and valued youth broadcaster on the ABC. Soon to be J. Yeah. Look, having worked at the ABC a lot myself over the last 15 years, one way they can save money is uh, get rid of that once a decade clean they do of the kitchens. Um, I think that I think just just get rid of that. That'll save some cash. Yeah, they could get rid of the buckets that they use to catch the drips when it rains. That's oh, a big that spend for us. So they could hire me for nothing. Well, that's, uh, true. Well, that's true. Slavery is an interesting yeah. option. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, Gabby. I don't know if you want that life. This is this. That's the life I do. I'm a professional guest at the ABC, and I <laughs> I spend a lot of time there, uh, pulling a lot of hours. Uh, you know, just for free, just to get my face out there, which is great. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're keen on that, but it's you know, it's it's available to you. <laughs> There's a reason your new employers, the Chaser, don't work there anymore. You know what I mean? They wanted to buy their second house. (laughs) We're we're still, I don't know what my job is here. (laughs) They're from the the generation where you used to get paid to make comedy. They're not not used to this new world. Wild. (laughs) Wild. I, as someone who was in the building today, I did notice that there was probably too, too many lifts. Uh, I was like, they could get rid of a couple of lifts and maybe Airbnb them out. (laughs) Ah, you could live there, Dan. We could move some fungus in. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. I could start a cooking show with Adam Leal. <laughs> I do have an idea. I, mean, I had an idea um, that maybe, because the ABC don't really sell anything. They sell, they sell a bit of merch online. They sell TV shows, but there's nothing straight to consumer. I thought maybe they could change maybe like Julia Zemiro's home delivery. I thought maybe... Julia Zemiro could just get paid to deliver anything, like a mm. courier service for the ABC. Uh, yes. I just thought that, Julia would, that would be... Julia <laughs> Ah, enough of her driving around with celebrities <laughs> getting paid for it. She needs to pull her weight. <laughs> let, let, I'm just going to give her a call now and pitch it to her, see what she thinks. 
Hello, Jay Z. Hello. Uh, you're on the Irrational Fear podcast. We've got Gabby, Dylan, and Lewis on li- oh, on the line oh. with you. How delightful! Hi, Julia. Hello. Now, I, I don't know if you're aware, um, Julia, but mm. you know the ABC has got a ten million dollars shortfall because what? of this budget that's been released. Yeah, ten million dollars. <laughs> uh, I wanted to know from you personally yeah. what kind of things you're going to do to help save the ABC. Look, may I just say, in all seriousness, in the last uh, eight seasons of Home Delivery, I've always done my own makeup and I get my own hair done the night before in whatever local town we're in to put some money back into their economy. And I'm not joking. You you go to the local towns, yep. the, the local bakery, and have the best local yep. pie that they have there. Correct. So you know, we go to many different country towns. You know, we're there the night before. And because I can't be bothered doing my own hair and doing good blow dry, I'll find any random hairdresser. I go in, I introduce myself, I get my hair done, I pay for it myself, I use it as a tax deduction because it's work. Um, <laughs> and because also we start so early in the morning, I don't want to start at five o'clock and do an hour and a half of makeup. I do my own simple makeup. So I'm already saving the ABC time and money. Now, if we ever do home delivery again in these kinds of times, I reckon we'll just do it in a park. No car, no school. <laughs> We're just going to imagine and bring in some actors to act out their life like a life improv game, just to remind them how it works. It's the easiest way. Jules, have you ever thought about putting a price on what you do and charging the consumer for your home delivery? Like, you know, it's it's like hmm. instead of Uber Eats, it's Uber Meats. You know, Julius Miro's <laughs> home delivery, actually a service you provide, yeah. we could get people to pay you yes. to, and there and pay the ABC look, to actually deliver things for them. Yeah, and look, whatever it would be, it would be low. I do really wish people would understand that when you work at the ABC, you really don't get top dollar. And I don't mind because I like working for that organisation mainly because when you're in the corridors, the people you speak to actually have an opinion on something. So I quite like all that. I'll happily do that. But it's in the corporate world where you're allowed to charge a little bit more. For the ABC, you do it because you feel like your voice is actually heard and they're not going to edit you within an inch of your life. So, look, all I can do is just keep doing my own makeup, keep doing my own hair, and look, I'll, I'll charge, you know, look, 20 bucks. I'll charge you 20 bucks for an Uber me. <laughs> Julia, I think the reason they don't edit you to within an inch of your life is because they had to fire the editors with the last round of budget. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You're right. You're right. Julia, this $10 million that yep. was being, that's been lost is actually to do with regional programming. Are you, uh, are, uh, are you dropping that kind of money uh, <laughs> where you're going? Are you, are you like this, are you currently the Santa Claus yep. for regional programming? Yep. and you're dropping like 500000 here, 500000 there. No, is this, look, it's this is serious more, coin. It's probably $50 a haircut, a hair but below dry, <laughs> uh, you know. Right. In some towns it's 40 um, But we do eat. We always go to a pub and have something to eat, so we are eating in those regions as well. Um, right. And, yeah, if you, if you, I reckon if you looked at the 80 episodes that we've done of Home Delivery, you'd find that, you know, I reckon say a good half of them are in, in, in country towns. We took Barry Cassidy back to Chilton. And we had a delicious meat pie there and, and a delicious flat white. It's possible. It's delicious. You don't see Eddie Maguire going to Chilton, do you? You nah. just don't. You oh, never, no. you never... <laughs> So while you're getting the pies, Julia, you can drop some off down the street if people order them on an app on your phone for us, surely, right? Yep. That'd be all right. Yep, I can do yeah. that. I'm happily do that. Perfect. I'm quite a good, safe driver. Thanks for joining us on Irrational Fear. I look forward to downloading the Julia Zimura home delivery app where I can pick yes. anything I want to yep. be delivered by you uh, for a small nominal fee that 
that will go to the ABC. Really appreciate it. Have a good night. <laughs> Have a lovely night, you beautiful chickens. Jay-Z there. Now, um, finally, Dylan, uh, you put together a bit of an extraordinary review of this week's budget on the News Fighters podcast. What did you discover when you were putting it together? Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, yeah, it was a fascinating budget. It was very, everyone was saying it was a labour budget from the coalition in that they were spending money on everything. So yes, maybe Space Force will happen. But the big the big <laughs> thing that gets me every time, being a Sydney sider, is, is housing. Now, Dan, I know you're having some issues with housing. You'd probably yeah. like some housing. <laughs> where's right, the yeah. fungus budget? <laughs> yes, where's the fungus budget? <laughs> Uh, and uh, housing shaping up could be a big election issue. Uh, uh, tonight, as we're um, recording this, I just caught a little bit of Albo's budget reply speech. He's uh, allocating yeah. $10 billion for social and affordable housing, which I think in Sydney will be about 20 studio apartments, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, in, Bondi, in Bondi, it's one studio apartment. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But the big announcement out of uh, Josh Frydenberg's budget, uh, for, well, one of the big announcements for housing had to do with um, single parents, uh, now, I was raised by a single mum, so this is a big issue for me. And they've developed this um, interesting policy, I think largely to silence Albo as he was raised in government housing with a single mum, so now he can't say they don't, they don't have a policy about this. Um, so the policy the government's announced is single parents can buy a house with as little as a 2% deposit as the government guarantees the rest. Now, mm. I did some maths on news fighters about this. Do you know what the average cost of a house in Sydney is these days? Yeah, it's like um, 1 million and something. It's like 1.3 million. Jesus. And to, to pay that without going into mortgage stress, you have to have a household income of $170,000 a year. Now, I don't know many single parents on $170,000 a year. Do you guys? Uh, no. But if they're out there and want to be my parents, I am quite happy to be <laughs> adopted by you. But don't worry. The government has a way to make this affordable. They've imposed a property price cap uh, to limit the maximum cost of the house that single parents can buy. And uh, in Sydney, it's $700,000, Melbourne, six hundred k, Brisbane, four seventy five, and the other capitals, it's $400,000. And on top of what? that, it's only going to support 10,000 people over four years. Now, $400,000 can't buy you much. In fact, uh, the clip I found has uh, Alan, jo even Alan Jones thinks this policy is absolute garbage. Um, have, a listen, have a listen to his take <laughs> his, on it. His toilet's worth $1.3 million. I know. Uh, single parents are going to be eligible, they told us, to shift from long-term renting to only a home with as little as 2% deposit. Now, even a $400,000 home, Terry, and I don't know where you find that, would need yeah. an 8,000 deposit. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ha <laughs> ha, what? <laughs> That's going to be my new ringtone. Ha ha, what? 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 God. How is Alan Jones more in touch than Morrison and Frydenberg <laughs> on what uh, the value of a house is? Like, how is anyone, you can't get a family house even in Sydney for $700,000. Uh, not like at all, It's just yeah. ridiculous. The thing for young people uh, they've announced uh, to get into first home buying is uh, an extension of the first home super saver scheme. So young mm. people now can raid up to $50,000 of their super for their house deposit, which, I don't know, does that sound like a lot to you? <laughs> I think that's all your super. My super has about three grand in it. I actually made the joke that when I was really, really poor about a year ago, I thought about just declaring myself bankrupt and you can just get access to some of that money. It's not even that much. I also had the thought that if I had to pass away, I'm not leaving anybody with anything. 
<laughs> yeah, I always, I always thought like um, my retirement plan would be to have a really great two weeks and then um, and then, uh, then end it all in a, in a blaze of glory somehow. Well, that's basically what they're saying with all the, with all the housing policies at the moment. They're saying raid your super and then uh, there's this new thing they announced is they want boomers to downsize to free up properties. So boomers, if they downsize, can put 300 grand of their house, whatever's left over from their house when they downsize into their super. But it's like our generation is going to be lucky to be in a studio apartment. The only way you can downsize from a studio apartment is into a a, tra- a trailer, a, a van. <laughs> like, like, how are we going to downsize? Like, what listening to like the way that the um, budget dealt with home prices, it's like the hearing people I know talk about Bitcoin. Like it's yes. people who are already in there <laughs> yep, trying yep. to trick you into getting in after them <laughs> just to prop up the mistake that it's they made because totally they know right. it's a sham. It's a fucking pyramid scheme. <laughs> that is and, so I mean, I right. live in a pyramid now at the moment. I, anyway. I agree with you on that point there, Lewis, except when I hear people talking about Bitcoin, I tune out and it's the same way. I react to the people talking about housing costs because <laughs> I'm just never going to have a house. <laughs> when, when people say to me, you really should get into crypto, what I hear is you should really get into playing the pokies. <laughs> <laughs> Irrational fear. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? 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 Your fear is rational. <laughs> Our next guest is the Executive Director of the Australasian Centre for Corporate Responsibility. It's her job to hold companies to account for being good corporate citizens, but from the inside, it's Bryn O'Brien. Welcome, Bryn. Hello. I'm excited. We're talking about superannuation. <laughs> classic, classic comedy fodder. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's budget week. Well, no, but it's so totally related, right? We're talking about like, so the government setting it up so that, that young people can start drawing down on their super is like stealing from your future self, which is basically what they're doing with this absolutely shithouse budget from a climate perspective. Anyway, I'm just going <laughs> to launch in. I would steal from my future self, though, if I if I had the chance, given a time machine. Don't do it, Lewis. Don't don't steal from your future self. But my future self, what's he doing with it? You know what I mean? I can pop forward. <laughs> your future- He's old. Don't steal from your kids and grandkids. Maybe is that is that a better? Uh, I don't have any. I'm just the only person I'm hurting is myself, and I'm already broke. How bad could it be? I think we need an intervention for Lewis. Uh, now, Bryn, happy budget week to you, or is it a happy budget week? I should probably ask. Ah, oh, look, it's pretty much like any other week under this kind of regime. Um, we the the gas cash splash continues. Um, this uh, there, it's like it's people have been asking me in the last couple of days. Oh, is this budget good? For the climate, you know what? Where are we at? And it's it's worse than bad. Like it's not even a neutral budget. It's it's spending. It's continuing to spend more of taxpayers' money on the causes of climate change and none of the solutions. Like it's absolute rubbish. So, how much money comparatively was spent on fossil fuels versus climate action? So, no money being spent on climate action. Is that, a, is that a major problem? Like is climate change a, a real problem that we should be? It's nothing, it's nothing enough, I think is what stands is, yeah, yeah, that's my, yeah, should, should, is, can we do less? Well, we can do less and we are. I mean, we're spending money on like 
more like 200 million more dollars on roads to um, support gas development in the Northern Territory, 60 million dollars just directly throwing it at the gas industry. We've got, you know, 260 something million dollars on carbon capture and storage for fossil fuels, which is, let's, I'm not going to even go into carbon capture and storage because it's horrifying a lot of coin on um diesel tax subsidies for multinational mining companies like it's totally mad i'm 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 struggling because of just the absolute crap of this budget are you, are you, i'm sensing that maybe if you work in renewable energy or you work in electrification or you work in this space the best thing you can do is to pretend to be a fossil fuel company uh, and, you know, call yourself the big coal company but you make windmills instead. Is that probably a smarter move? Look, AGL's trying to do that actively at the moment, <laughs> I think. So, um, you know, I probably ask their marketing department. But, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty bad. You work in a, you know, a place that has corporate responsibility in their name. How often do you encounter corporate responsibility? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good one. When you see a big company like Fortescue and Twiggy making lots of noises about hydrogen and moving to uh, more sustainable practices, how do you view those sentiments that are kind of being aired, particularly in the last few months, where uh, he seems to be all gung-ho on really rapidly transitioning out of fossil fuels into hydrogen? Yeah, so I think Twiggy's position on hydrogen is a bit unclear, whether he's talking about kind of properly green renewable hydrogen or like gas hydrogen, blue hydrogen, as they call it. And, and you know, like the ambition is there. The plan to get there is unclear. Twiggy is also, I think, one of the, you know, his company Squadron Energy is the recipient of like a $30 million subsidy under this budget for a Port Kembla gas import terminal. Like, you know, like, so there's some confounding things about Twiggy and his plans. Um, but, you know, if you look at FMG's kind of scope three iron ore decarbonisation ambition, it's pretty amazing. But the plan's not there. And scope three means emissions after the product has been shipped and has been burnt somewhere else, right? Um, Bryn, now uh, you, you said import terminal. But forgive me if I'm wrong, like isn't Australia like the biggest exporter of gas? Why do we need to build import terminals? Um, well, we don't need to, but um, so <laughs> right, we good. sell gas and then it gets resold to us for cheaper than we sell it or some... some. What? 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 How do I get in on this scan? This is amazing. The other really exciting thing in, in the budget or the kind of response of the gas industry to the budget was there's this there's this item in the budget which is a levy on the oil and gas industry, offshore oil and gas industry of about 250 Australian dollars. They don't know how exactly they're going to raise it, but they're going to raise it from the industry over a kind of undefined period of time to deal with remediation of like offshore oil rigs in the east in the in the Timor Sea. And um, so this is like the only kind of like thing that the budget does to kind of put some responsibility on the on the gas industry for remediating its horrible impacts and Appia the industry body that represents the gas in the petroleum industry was absolutely livid about it like in they just put out this wild statement afterwards just going like you know this we can't this will not stand we will not clean up our mess it's just <laughs> the entitlement is insane <laughs> really oh god yeah. 
it's so, it's so strange. Like uh, you see how uh, when these mines get put together and they go in there and they, they dig up all this stuff, in that process of pitching to state governments for that, they often put in remediation stuff in there going, yeah, no, we'll clean it up. And then the Middles Council puts out these ads and billboards that you see in buses everywhere with a man and a horse going, this used to be a mine. Uh, and it's like in the middle of a paddock. Um, but if if you know anything about mining, it's a very precarious industry and often those mines go bankrupt and there's no money to fill in the holes. <laughs> it's like it's like the Minerals Council is actually like absolutely lying to you. No, that never used to be a mine. That was a stock photo you bought off Getty Images and and the hole that exists still exists as a hole. I'd love to know what they, what they say when there's like a giant offshore drilling outpost. They're like, that? Offshore drilling? No, 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 that's my cubby house. It's, like, it's just a little cubby. It's a little offshore cubby. That's just, that's a natural squid that s- squirts ink into the sky. <laughs> a rational fear. We're not going to achieve net zero in the cafes, dinner parties and wine bars of our inner cities. But Australia trying to go for net zero emissions is like a 10-year-old boy who thinks he's Superman and jumps off his parents' roof. He doesn't have the technology and he's going to fall flat on his face. Your fear is rational. All right, let's play Hang On A Sec now. Now, uh, when we're going to play you a clip. Uh, if you want to chime in and say something, just say Hang On A Sec. This is a clip of Keith Pitt, who is the <laughs> Minister for Resources and Water and Northern Australia. Uh, and he, this week, ditched plans for a wind farm in Queensland because, quote, it was inconsistent with the objectives and policies of the Commonwealth Government. (laughs) And this is him on Sky News defending his choices to, uh, dare I say, a really good journalist on Sky News. I'm going to play it. If you want to chime in and say something, just say, hang on a sec. Here we go. Okay. So can you tell me, though, what size, for a 157 megawatt wind farm, what size battery do you need to make it dispatchable? Uh, Well, Tom, what I can tell you is that intermittent wind and solar... That's a basic question. ...is not dispatchable. But it is with a battery if it's big enough. Uh, well, I've made a decision based on what we've yeah, Hang on, but that's just a basic question. I know you've got an engineering background. Mm. Solar or wind is not dispatchable unless it has a battery. That's true, right? Depending on the size of the battery. Oh, well, unless it's got other sources. It could be hybrid, it could be gas, it could be uh, tied up with a hydro, it could be pumped hydro. There's any number could of could be battery. could be diesel. could be battery. Okay. Hang on a sec. <laughs> that, like, that little riff he does on all the things it could be... It's like the gas, or it's like the, the climate change denial version of I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let me just play that bit again. That was a really good observation. Here we go. It could be hybrid, it could be gas, it could be uh, tied up with a hydro, it could be pumped hydro, there's any number could of be combinations. Battery. It could be diesel. <laughs> it could, could be, be anything any... but a battery. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's spewing emissions into the sky, yeah. <laughs> it could be any number of things. But it could be a battery. It sounds staged. It's. I thought when I first saw this, I thought somebody was trying to stunt Sky News. I thought it was one of the Chaser Boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the it writing seems wrong. <laughs> yeah, the the writing is so good. It's very very funny. It's the great. Chaser would be in a giant costume of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be Craig Rucastle in the yeah. shape of a battery. In the shape of a yes. battery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it could be a battery, <laughs> Tom. As I've said many times. Well, yeah, I just don't understand why you won't agree that it could be that a battery can back up a wind farm. Uh, well, as I've said, it comes down to a whole pile of decisions, including uh, capacity, availability. But I'm not going to that. I'm just asking, can a battery? Hang on a sec. I just want to know who the government hired to teach spin because whoever it is is not making enough money. <laughs> yeah, to, like you could just go after this person and not even give it context, just be like, Keith, yes or no? And he'd be like... 
adjectives. Well, it's much more well, complicated than that, I'm afraid. Yeah. Comes, comes it's also a baby. <laughs> Decisions, including uh, capacity, availability. But I'm not going to that. I'm just asking, can a battery back up a wind farm? Uh, well, once again, how, how big is it? How long does it run for? What does right. it do want it to do? Well, a big enough battery, <laughs> can it back up a wind farm? Well, this is pretty broad and hypothetical, Tom. <laughs> well, it just seems like a simple question. If a battery's big enough, it can back up a wind farm, right? Mm, how big's big enough? Well, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> That's the exact question. Okay. All right. We'll move on. Oh I just love that last one. I just it, love. Imagine <laughs> going question. to a restaurant with this man. Imagine going to a restaurant with Keith. Keith, what do you want for dinner? Oh, I don't know. It could be an entree. It could be a main. It could be dessert. Could be an after. It's could actually, be a wine. Could be a what beer. I do know. What I do cider. know. It's definitely not a salad. Uh, can't. <laughs> no leafy oh. greens for me. Thank you. No. Oh, this was at the moment where they both start laughing. Like when <laughs> they when, both know it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. When you're like, they know the game, and which is kind of like watching it. There's a moment where I like giggled along. I was like, <laughs> and then I went, oh, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is it for a rational fear. Big thank you to all of our guests Gabby Bolt, Dylan Bain, Lewis Hover, uh, Bryn O'Brien. Now, you guys got anything to plug? Uh, Gabby, do you want to plug anything? I do. I have a, I have a, a gig at Yeah, the Girls Comedy on the 23rd of May which is all-female comedian lineup, which is amazing. And I'll be, yeah, performing in Bega with Rational Fear on the 13th Yay! of June. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Dylan Bain, you got any gigs to plug? Yes, well, I'll be down in Bega with the Rational Fear. Yeah! <laughs> doing, doing the DJ stuff. And also the budget episode of News Fighters this week, 20-minute non-stop laugh-a-thon take on the budget. <laughs> Check it out at, I know, hard to believe, hard to believe, at, at uh, newsfighters.com or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, sorry. Can I also chime in? I forgot I have a new job. The Chaser has also got a podcast coming out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 24th of May. I forgot that I worked there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Gab- Gabby, if you ever need a guest, let me know. I'm available. Bryn, do you got anything to plug? Go and check out our website, accr.org.au, and go and buy some shares in some fossil fuel stocks to help us change them. And is that what people do? People can go to your website, buy shares through you for that? No, no, no. No, people can go to our website and learn more about what we do, but they can go and buy shares in their own time with their own money. And um, so, okay, so if you only had, the only data you had about me was my share portfolio, you would think I was an absolute psychopath and I was a really (laughs) shit investor because it's like oil and gas, like, you know, the only thing that's keeping me going at the moment is the iron ore stocks and they rely on like desecration of cultural heritage sites. So psychopath hedging through iron ore, but, you know, it's bad. So I've recently new to investing. Maybe I should sell all of my renewable shares and buy fossil fuel shares. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, no, we, no, don't do that. Uh, Thank you. Lewis, you got anything to plug? Uh, Oh, sure. I mean, the other podcast I've been doing uh, recently is called Simply the Jest. Um, It's very good. Yeah, we were recently up in the uh, the iTunes um, comedy charts, and this is why I want people to listen to it. Because at the moment, well, when I went and looked at it, we were fourth, which is very good, but we were behind Joe Rogan, which obviously infuriating, <laughs> and two separate Hamish and Andy podcasts. <laughs> Hamish and Andy. I could, I'm like, and they're both lovely, and I wish them all the best. But how much more do they need? Look, you, oh, yeah. Uh, how many podcasts do you need, Lewis? You're, you're on three now. 
Yeah, I know, Dan. I'm, I, I just love working for free. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's definitely the way to boost your ratings. Just ask, beg, beg to listen yeah, to Yeah, I was it. like, I've got a radio show that people listen to, but I much prefer to do um, work for free in the same <laughs> medium. <laughs> Big thanks to Road Mics, the Bertha Foundation, our Patreon supporters, Killian David, Ads, Kieran Sheepy, Mc, uh, P. McNeil, Dave Bluestein, Lee Constable and Discord. Also, a big shout-out to Rupert Dagas for his sponsorship announcement and Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki timeline. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night, and please <laughs> come to our CR live shows and buy some merch. Bye! Woo! <laughs> what? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.